0: February February 1st Matthew chapter 21 verses 23 through 46 When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching the leading priests and other leaders came up to him they demanded By whose authority did you drive out the merchants from the temple who gave you such authority I'll tell you who gave me the authority to do these things If you answer one question, Jesus replied, Did John's baptism come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe him. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed, because the people think he was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Jesus responded, "'Then I won't answer your question either. But what do you think about this?' A man with two sons told the older boy, "'Son, go out and work in the vineyard today.' The son answered, "'No, I won't go.' But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, "'You go.' And he said, "'Yes, sir, I will.' But he didn't go. Which of the two was obeying his father? They replied, The first, of course. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I assure you, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the way to life, and you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to turn from your sins and believe Him. Now listen to this story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But when the farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, "'Here comes the heir to this estate. "'Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves.' "'So they grabbed him, took him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. "'When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, "'What do you think he will do to those farmers?' "'The religious leaders replied, "'He will put the wicked men to a horrible death "'and lease the vineyard to others "'who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest.' Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the Scriptures? The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous to see. What I mean is that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls when the leading priests and pharisees heard jesus they realized he was pointing at them that they were the farmers in his story they wanted to arrest him but they were afraid to try because the crowds considered jesus to be a prophet this week's bible meditation psalms 46:10 be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth
1: The way you know that you have met the real God is that you are hungry and thirsty. The sense of his absence, the the dissatisfaction with his absence is an evidence that he has touched you. In other words, a sense of his absence, a a longing that that absence be gone. A sense of his absence is a sense of his presence. If he's not present, if he's not working in your life, you might know intellectually that he's absent, but you, you don't long for him. How do you know that you've met the real God? Even a talk like this, a sermon like this is going to start to make you say, oh, yeah. Boy, I want him. I would like to feel him. I would like to see him. I would like to experience him. You know, the deeper that sense of absence is, the greater his presence in your life. Because look at what David shows as evidence that he has really, really passionately after the real God. He says, he says, my soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you. Fine. So how do we know he's after the real God? I've seen you in a sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Because your love is better than life. But when you find him, a change happens. To one degree or another but when he actually experienced God he began to realize your love is better than life when he experienced God he says if I have your love I don't need anything else in life if I have your love that is life The mark of authentic spiritual experience is that you become satisfied with god for who he is and not just for the benefits that he gives you that's exactly what david's saying david's saying i came to find that if i had an experience of god i didn't want anything else if i had god's love if i had god's honor if I had God's glory, if I had God's wisdom, if I had God's favor, I don't need anybody else's favor. If I had God's love, I don't need anything else. What ends up happening is he begins to experience God and rest in God for who he is, not for what he can give me. Now to one degree or another, anybody who's found God knows that. Some of you, as I'm talking about this, you say, you know, I, I know that. Why do you know that? Because God's shown that to you.
0: Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12. Examine yourself. Is your life what it ought to be? Let God test your mind and heart. In your walking, standing, and sitting, are you keeping yourself clean? Sometimes God does allow the enemy to attack us just to make us take time for a personal inventory. Focus on the Lord. If you look at others, you're going to be upset. And if you look at yourself too long, you may get discouraged. So focus your attention on the Lord. Match your defects with His perfections and claim what you need from Him. Keep serving the Lord, too. The enemy wants nothing better than to upset you and get you on a detour. Continue to walk with the Lord and serve Him, come what may. Bless the Lord and don't complain. God will vindicate you in His time and in His own way. Look at others and be distressed. Look at self and be depressed. Look at Jesus and you'll be blessed. Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12, the Psalm of David. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and affections, for I am constantly aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I DO NOT SPEND TIME WITH LIARS, OR GO ALONG WITH HYPOCRITES. I HATE THE GATHERINGS OF THOSE WHO DO EVIL, AND I REFUSE TO JOIN IN WITH THE WICKED. I WASH MY HANDS TO DECLARE MY INNOCENCE. I COME TO YOUR ALTAR, O LORD, SINGING A SONG OF THANKSGIVING, AND TELLING OF ALL YOUR MIRACLES. I LOVE YOUR SANCTUARY, LORD, THE PLACE WHERE YOUR GLORY SHINES. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with wicked schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I do what is right, so in your mercy save me. I have taken a stand, and I will publicly praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 6 Verses 16-19 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things He detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord among brothers.